too much happening in this movie way too much for something that's based on an animated short yeah and how long is the short it's like 10 minutes yeah, long right not it's even, not even it's not even yeah. a significant thing anyway um, like honestly they should have if they wanted to make a movie based on the sorcerer's apprentice or they should have fantasia yeah they should have just made a whole full-length movie with mickey and like padded that out yes right Yes, like absolutely. I think I think that would have been like, you know, retro Disney nerds would have popped enormous boners about that movie and been like, yes, finally, what we're all asking for, what no one asked for, but simultaneously everyone that mattered asked for was something that Disney just won't deliver. And I feel like that's Disney's problem because they own five billion franchises and like 78 percent of the world's IP, but they're just not delivering the things that would like, if you're going to acquire all that, do things that matter with it for the people that care about it. Well, and now they're doing, like, live-action, like, versions of, like, Beauty and the Beast and Lion King and stuff. And you're like, you already did those and you hit them out of the park. Like, I definitely, like, going into this, I was like, okay, this is just another um, just another part of their, like, endless thirst to milk every single uh, drop of profitability out of every single... Disney property that has like uh, uh, any warm cultural uh, memories like associated with it. But like uh, actually the the story behind this getting made is marginally more interesting than than that. Um, Welcome to Heat Seeking Panther. Yeah. Uh, Uh, We should know. I realized neither of us queued up. Sorcerer's Apprentice. The fucking Sorcerer's Apprentice. This was a hard watch. This was super hard. In theory, here's my problem, Dave, and I'm running into this a lot with some of now that we're getting further on into this era of Cage, is I have a huge soft spot for large budget Mm. misfires Mm -hmm. because I think that we're getting to a point where many of the quote-unquote best movies released in like the last decade have been indie films yes. or like small budget films yeah. because that's where you're going now is you can do so much more with so much less that if your story doesn't require it, you don't need to do it to tell the story and you can still make the movie pretty cheap. But rarely now, especially since everything is part of a franchise or, you know, a sequel or a reboot or something, we're now running into the point where it's, it's getting rarer for large budget special effects type of films that aren't connected to another part of a franchise. They're just kind of standalone. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. So I'm trying to think of other examples. Well, and even, but even the films that are like that now immediately become franchise properties. Right. You know, like anything that even before it is released, anything that seems like it's going to be successful, they they prime it for uh, being the, the start of uh, a series of films. And, and I think my issue with it and where it bites me in the ass is that there's that sense of you don't know what it's going to be and it could be anything and it could be great. Mm-hmm. But then you see them and you're just like, what was that? And so I feel like I just keep getting drawn back into these sort of weird, uh, b- big budget flops. You're, you're getting disappointed. You're, you're, you're being disappointed by these. But things. why am you're I having, letting myself I, be disappointed? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, I feel like cage as a like sorcerer or a magician yeah. is a, something that on paper 
you would be like, this is, I'm all on board with this. Let's go. I, I'm fucking ready for it. Um, it, honestly, I'm still on board with that aspect of this. You I'm, just think I'm that they need to put it in a better movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, I mean, no question about that. Um, I, I'm not, I, I, I don't know if I was disappointed so much as like, it sort of rose exactly to the level that I was afraid it was going to rise to. Um, so it gives just, you exactly what you expected. Yeah. And it was but, still worse but, than you expected. And yet, yet the, the process of watching a two hour, two hours of just empty spectacle, just this, this inane and, and poorly put together. It, it's like deadening. I don't know how, pe- I don't know how people do this because this is the kind of movie that like you go and see like with your parents or your friends, like you grow up in wherever and you just, you know, you, there's a movie plex that gets three movies every like week or two. And you just, you go to see a movie and you go see whatever. And, and you're just like, Oh yeah, let's see that. And then you see it and you immediately forget that you did it. But I like, I can't, I did that plenty as a kid, but I can't do it now in the same way without feeling like, just like a little, it, it's not like a, a piece of my soul dies. It's just that the a piece of my soul that's actual already dead sort of just gets like scratched and like rubbed and being kind of like, yeah, yeah like you, this, uh, th- any sort of magic that could have been contained in uh, this, kind, this kind of property, like uh, it's, I'm so cynical now, I guess is what I'm saying that, and it doesn't, but it doesn't feel good to have your cynicism confirmed. It doesn't feel <laughs> you know? good to no. time and time again. But, um, y- yeah, but Which especially for like this, I feel like is the first giant cage Bruckheimer misstep. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also like this was directed by John Turtletaub who did both national, national treasure movies, which, where, got, which got my, this kind of formula a hundred percent on the nose, right? My cynicism was completely dissolved. Like, uh, like, dare I say, magic? <laughs> I I still love those movies, and I I think like despite themselves, they they're like really good and watchable. And uh, this was not. I I don't I don't want to say I hated it because it's just like not worth the energy. You know what I mean? Fill me with any kind of negative emotion. I just was so numb by the end of it. Yeah. Uh, It really felt like a, it felt like a seven hour, two hours. Like I literally was sitting there being like, I watched it in three chunks of about like, you know, 40 minutes or half an hour each or whatever. And I was just like, I was like, fuck, man, a movie that isn't this long with that isn't that long with this much happening constantly shouldn't be such a slog to get through. Especially where a lot of what's happening are uh, sort of special effects set pieces that are designed to be um, amazing design. And here's the thing is when they the beginning of these scenes, like I was down with like the with the Arcana Cabana set. (laughs) Let's start there. Um, was cool. Like, yeah, okay, the, like sure. the kid enters the room and you're like, oh, it looks like something like, uh, like the collector in Guardians of the Galaxy, like mm-hmm. where there's just centuries of really arcane, you know, different kinds of artifacts from different parts of the world, yeah. you know, and 
and you have an idea in your head that each of these could have a magical backstory yes. behind them. And that is really good world building. And then it lasts until Cage opens his mouth. Uh-huh. And then the fight happens, and then you're just like, wow, they just destroyed this beautiful yeah. set. And the same thing happens with the fight, you know, in the uh, underneath in like the abandoned uh, train turnaround. And any of the fights. Yeah, honestly. where it, like there, there's a space that feels like lived in and lived in and, and there's history to it. And, and there's things in the set design that, you know, you could focus on any corner of the room and be like, yeah. that looks like an interesting prop. Mm-hmm. What is the story behind that? And then they blow the whole thing up with like weird, uh, thunderbolts Just, and like street fighter energy blasts. Yeah. Like the whole thing feels like, like all the fights were like X-Men fights or something. They weren't, they didn't feel like magic sorcerers battling with each other. No. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It, it, it no, it, yeah, it felt like street fighter or, or mortal Kombat. It's just, it's, it's dumb and boring. And like, but I think part of what, uh, cause I feel the same way is I think part of what you're touching on is like the, also just the like reliance on CGI and how little that does. Like, Cause I agree, like there were some visual, like practical effects kind of, or even just, yeah, just set dressing or like atmospheric things that would work for, for this kind of movie. But the, almost all of the, um, the spectacle that you were supposed to be, uh, caught up in is CGI and, you know, I, I don't, I don't need to go on another rant about it because I've been, I've already done it on, on our show. I, I presume we'll keep doing yeah, it. Yeah, I know. But it's just like, it's such a shame how not just, it's not just that it's aged poorly because it looks just as shitty as everything now. And, and um, really what, eight years, nine years, isn't that, no. isn't that long, but it already feels like from a different age of movie making. You know what I was wondering too, while watching this is like, is there going to be a a point in the future where people look back on CGI movies like this or movies that are heavily reliant on CGI in this way and and they they see uh, like flaws and all um but they they find that those flaws are charming in the same way as like i guess um i'm looking back on even like Poor, practic- poorly done practical effects and being like, oh, but I, I love the craft of it. And I, to me, it feels more real. Or even like looking back on like uh, cheap animation and saying like, you know, I see that it's cheap. I know, I know the process that they were doing to, the, you know, reusing cells or whatever, but like, I like that about it. I, I don't feel that way at all about CGI stuff like this, but I wonder if there's going to be a point in the future where people like, they're they're like oh I'm I I, just, I love action movies from the two thousands because <laughs> well and y- yes you think so yes I don't think that I don't think that the the gap in shitty CGI is enough if you look at a movie with CGI that is integrated well integrated, well integrated yeah. um, you can kind of forget that it's CGI. I mean, Mm. you'll never forget that it's CGI, but you can be okay and sort of gloss over the fact that it's CGI and just go for what the effect that they wanted to go for. Yeah. It can be tastefully right. Which is the same with like bad practical effects in old movies. It's like you, you can tell it's shitty and you immediately recognize that it's not well done, but you're just kind of like, okay, I understand what they were trying to communicate. And I'll assume that that's what happened, even though the actual representation of it on screen is maybe off the mark. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, so, well, so, 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 so in that sense, it is less about the quality of the effects in either instance and mm, more just about yeah, the integration the of it into done. the story. You know, and I think for me, especially with like a horror movie or an action movie of something like this, at this point, if I see a bad uh, practical effect or even like, you know, like earlier green screen from like a, a 90s movie or something that, um, and I say, oh, that looks hokey or whatever. I also, there's like a pleasure sensor that, that fires in my brain where I'm like, that's cool that they tried to do that. And the way that they, you know, whether they achieved it or not, I, I find that stuff charming. I, I just don't know. I, I, so like it's giving people like bonus points for not sucking at it. Just the craft. I I just, I I enjoy the craft of, um, of movie making. Uh, and special effects stuff. And I just feel like CGI to me feels so uh, impersonal. And so, and and also, but I mean, yeah, like you were saying, like it, it has to be integrated well. And uh, by any metric, I don't think John Turtletop does a very good job of integrating that. Like the, the scenes are not shot interestingly. Like the editing is not good from in, in any of the action scenes. Like they're just, it's just not, it's not good. This is one of those situations where I feel like it was so handled by committee that I think everyone involved really had their hands tied when it came time because Disney Incorporated or whatever right. was said there are these boxes that need to be checked off in this way and deliver us the movie. You know, okay, so that that's kind of how I was feeling going into it. And like I said, feeling like, okay, this is just like, Everybody is just acting as uh, an arm of of some larger uh, conglomerate. Pro- Which, like, I will uh, I will preface it with saying, if you're signing on to this kind of movie, you know what you're getting into, sure. so it's your own fault. But regardless, I don't think that Turtle Tob or you know Bruckheimer even had that much of a say in what happened. Well, but did you know, Miles, that this was like that this movie was Nicolas Cage's idea? No. Okay. Get ready. Get ready. Cause I, I wait, really? <laughs> yeah. This, the, the, uh, wait, was it produced by Saturn? Did I miss that? I think it, it, it might've been, I don't know if it was. Oh yeah. Interesting. No, I guess. Oh yeah. I did write it down. Cage is, is listed as an executive producer, but I guess I just figured that's because when you get to yeah, be the kind of powerful where he is that anytime you're in a movie, you just claim, yeah, or, you know, you, like, it's like throw some money yeah. at something and right, expect right, some right. money back. Okay. Uh, listen, <laughs> this is from an interview. <laughs> oh, good God. Um, with, uh, I don't know, some, some bullshit site. It's uh, where did you get the idea for the sorcerer's apprentice? I had been very interested in the mythology of King Arthur, the legend and lore. I had spent quite a bit of time in England, specifically in that area of Somerset where all the legends developed. Similar to when I was a child reading comic books, I started to get reignited and inspired by reading the stories about King Arthur, and it occurred to me that I wanted to make movies that could resonate in some way that would be healing and positive. I wanted to see if I could use magic and the imagination to entertain audiences without facilitating bloodlust and having to resort to violence. At the same time, I was doing a picture called Next, and I was playing a magician of sorts in that movie, but I, w- I really wanted to play a wizard or sorcerer. Todd Garner was the producer of Next, and I told him about my idea. Todd said, I've got it. You should be the sorcerer's apprentice from Fantasia, just like that. Snaps fingers. I thought, that's great. 
So we started to expand the story and find ways we could lengthen this little eight-minute segment from the Goethe go, 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 poem in Fantasia and make a big two-hour live-action film. Dude, what? So he, he came up with this idea with the producer from Next. He brought it to Bruckheimer. Bruckheimer. Oh, wow. Bruckheimer is like, okay. Um, As I feel like that's how Bruckheimer makes most of his yeah. money is someone comes in with an, with an idea and he's just like, okay. Sounds like <laughs> it. See, he sounds like a, a very... Uh, he's, like, he's like the world's most expensive yes man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Bruckheimer's like, find a director and uh, Cage approached Turtle Todd because they'd worked on uh, National Treasure together, which completely changes my conception of this movie. Honestly, I think the problem is that Cage should have directed it. <laughs> like I don't know if that would have made it a quote better movie. It would have been more interesting. But I think that it would have been a more interesting movie. Uh, here, here's another thing I thought was interesting. Um, also, sorry about my cage impersonation. I, it's, no, it's it's, a, it's evolving. Uh, it's but good. It's, man. it's not and quite there yet. It's been a while since we've heard it. We haven't read any diary entries <laughs> or like tour journals Sadly. or anything in a God. while. So, um, so uh, I watched an interview with John Turtletob, and he was is like, he a real person? <laughs> No, he's a turtle. Okay. <laughs> uh, he, he was really enthusiastic about Cage in this film. And he was saying that like this, this was the most. How do you get enthusiastic about this performance? <laughs> Wait, I, I think I, I think I might agree with him though. He, he was saying this was the, the best fit of of a character and Nicolas Cage, like Nicolas Cage, the, the like just like perfect crystallization and and i think there's something very real about that and true not the best fit of nicholas cage as an actor in a great role but just nicholas cage as the a human the way that he conceives of himself in the world the way that he handles handles himself and 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 i feel like the way his performance in this is very lived in in that way where he's just essentially playing a cool magic badass <laughs> you know uh, that's really all he wants and he made a whole movie about it where he could just be that uh, the magic mystical wise badass like more than more than any other aspirational role that he's had like ghost rider or whatever like right. this is i think pure to who cage is as a person interesting yeah well knowing that it was his idea and he kind of like babied it yeah that makes a lot of sense to me that this was something that he he didn't care about the final product. I don't think so. He just wanted to indulge himself in something that he had been wanting, clearly that had been building up to for a while. Yeah, and, and the way that he talks about the film, like- Because really, actually, if you look at it, this character is, is an almost perfect combination of the national treasure character, <laughs> the next character, and Ghost Rider. It's true, like this, that's it. Like th this is the Venn, this character is the Venn diagram where all three of those characters kind of meet. Yeah, yeah, he's got like uh, some, he, he's got this like- crazy like lore and and past and like grand purpose and then yeah but he's like uh instead of doing violence really he's kind of just uh which how much cooler would this movie been if they were if it was like rated r if it was hard yeah, r right? and, and people <laughs> heads were exploding i would be a lot more forgiving of it 
Um, yeah, he said it's for kids also is that like his conception of it was like kids. First he didn't want to pr- promote parent. bloodlust. Is that what he said? Yeah. Yeah. And, and in a like interview I watched with him, he's talk, talking about how like he wants children to be inspired by it, which is just horse shit with the like, I mean, nobody is inspired by this movie at all. I don't, I don't think as a child, it's hard for me to, I, I mean, I already admitted that I feel so cynical about shit like this at this point. So maybe I just can't conjure up the right amount of childlike awe, but, uh, it's just, it, it, the end, it did feel so bloodless and just, just pointless that it's hard to imagine a child uh, caring about, uh, that if that guy gets his dick wet with that girl and becomes a sorcerer, like, which is basically the, the whole movie. Do we want to talk about the plot? I mean, yes. I, I mean, yes and no. Uh, I took less notes on this than most films, even though it felt like it took so much longer. Um, the plot is so overstuffed and yet like nonsensical and just, yeah, you're right. Oh. It, yeah. He what what I was going into too is that like he when he talks about uh he talks about the plot and the things and the like and the characters and stuff and it seems like his conception of it is exactly the skeleton that we are going to lay out of just kind of like, you know, he gets the he's he's super old and he has And then he gets an apprentice and the apprentice, it's hard for him to be an apprentice because you get, uh, because suddenly you have to become magic, but then you do. It's like that, that it was like thought out like that and then filled out um, in the way that people do with properties like this. Um, They were like, let's just add a bunch of like, just, just stuff it with uh, these like outside motivators and, and uh, things as if that makes a, you know, cause there, any movie that starts like this where there's like five minutes of like the, narration the and worst. like and world building yeah, and, and shit so many, that just like, doesn't matter. Like weird characters, yeah. like a million characters with weird names that were like related to each other somehow like if at all yeah it's just like when when you use the mythology as the exposition yeah without organically integrating the mythology into the story it already sets the viewer at a loss because it's like you're trying to catch all the stuff wondering if it's going to be relevant not knowing what any of it is yeah. or even how it's going to factor into the movie to know if you should pay attention to it well and yeah and all of the stuff that exactly you're but i was like taking all these notes i was like okay at the start like Okay, uh, Britain, 740 AD. There's a war between sorcerers and... Uh, it's like, so Horvath is trapped in the Glipglom, you know... <laughs> Grimhold. Yeah, Grim- <laughs> where, where all the grim stuff gets held. Um, it, yeah, it, yeah, Morgan. There are three sorcerers. Right. Uh, Morgana, um, played by Monica Bellucci. Horvath, played by Alfred Molina. Which was... He, Alfred Molina is far and above the best part of this movie. Yeah, yeah, naturally. And, uh, and Balthazar played by cage and, uh, they, they, they straight all- up. No one names their kid Balthazar anymore. Good name. It kind of is. What's, what's Balthazar short? Like, how do you shorten that? What's a nickname? <laughs> I thought you were going to ask what Balthazar was short, short for. for. I was like, I don't know. Uh, it's just, uh, phaser <laughs> <laughs> yeah. ba- balls. I don't know. Um, Bart. 
<laughs> That's dumb. Oh, so Bart Simpson's real name is Balthazar, Balthazar Simpson. Simpson. <laughs> Stupid. And God, I just like hurts my brain already. Like the, all the bad wizards get trapped into a Russian nesting doll and, and uh, Nicholas Cage put them there. And, but also put his, uh, put more, the Veronica that oh sorry Veronica's played by Monica oh god Lucci. yeah there's She's that the whole one. fucking thing that I forgot was a thing until they had to do it at the end when they yep. released her yep. where he like traps his like one true soulmate the other uh, good witch that he's fighting yeah. with he like traps Morgana in her but right then, but then, then Morgana turns get, her evil right and then they both get trapped inside a Russian nesting doll with a right. bunch of other right. wizards. it's just like then, so needlessly and then complex. if they ever get released they'll bring about the rising or right. something where Which, like all the evil sorcerers come like, no all the, de- the dead rise oh, right, from the earth right right all the dead rise from the earth and the evil sorcerers take over so this and, is just the intro that they give you in right. voiceover as it's happening like in montage on screen and 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 balthazar now has to like uh he won't won't age Uh, he just stays alive because he has to find the next reincarnation the reincarnation of merlin so he Um, travels with a dragon ring around the world like the centuries head shop trinket and then of all the motherfuckers that this dude tries to get on board it's jay baruchel's character that is that is the wizard yes like just some random dude from like queens or wherever in new york he's from some suburban new york and he's just like and then this is him like this is Merlin, right? So you have a bunch of like just, uh, just nonsense that is meant to set up this, this central relationship now of where Cage finds Merlin, and um, or whatever finds Jay Baruchel, and now he is the Sorcerer's Apprentice, and now we have set up the movie, but. No, uh, nothing pays off. Like instead we kind of have to, we have to go, th- we have to like give uh, the plot has to play out all this nonsense. And it does that at the expense of any sort of like meaningful, um, humanistic connection between these two characters. Like it's just so rote and just, you know, like I can't even, like, it's just it's just like somebody telling you they're like someone comes up to you and they're like they're like hey uh, I'm really important to you and we're gonna be friends now and you're like no no we're not it's like yeah we are we're friends now I'm important this is important it's like okay now it's important it's like it has that amount of depth of just like like it seems like he doesn't actually want to be a wizard no like the whole movie is Kay's trying to convince him that he's the chosen one and he's just like. I, he's like, I just want to get my dick wet. Like, yeah. I don't like, I'm just like, let me be like a fucking college kid. You know, I don't care about this. Yeah. I, I guess what I'm like stumbling over saying is just that like it, it, every, everything that happens in this movie happens because they were like, something needs to happen now because it's just like, just, uh, empty plot mechanics, just playing just to out. build up to the final battle, which is shittier which is than the empty. last three They're- battles that happened. This is a fucking problem in these kind of movies is that there have to be so many fights and they have to happen at every couple minutes yeah. in the movie that by the time you get to the final right. climactic battle, you've already seen so many battles, yeah. so much stuff blow up, so many people die, so much destruction that 
the final battle you can't be anything that impresses you. Right. Yeah, there there's no sense of like uh dynamics in the story there's already they they're throwing everything at the wall all the time and uh there were some cool magic concepts okay that yeah. i feel some of them were ruined by the cgi yes when some of them were just kind of blasé but the ideas that i was kind of on board with were uh the mirror the, the turkish, the, mirror, the turkish trick. mirror trick uh which was cool the Persian quick rug. Right. The Persian qu- quick rug was really good. And there was also, this is lame, but when they were like morphing the, the cars into sports cars, okay, like yeah. I was like, all right, that's kind of cool. You get in sure. like a shitty Pinto and then you drive away in like a sick uh, BMW or whatever. Yeah. Or, or there was like a nice like turn in that car chase where he accidentally turns his car into the Pinto and then you're, you're like fucked. Like that's, that's like an interesting dynamic. Right. And that- then the one where Cage at the end where he's sneaking up and he creates the puddle and like dives into it so that they don't see him sneak mm. up. That was a cool idea. But then it was also just sort of the thing where it's like you see so many uh, mind-bending magic tricks that are handled, that are just relying on CGI to impress you that, right. that you know, by halfway through the movie, you just kind of don't care that they're doing all these really cool things that you should get excited about. No, and, and the, the CGI can't carry it when most of what you're actually looking at once your brain, if your brain can't turn off like, oh, that's just CGI, which mine can't, then what you're looking at is just people waving their arms around at each other. I was going to say, I somewhere there's the raw green screen footage of yes. Cage just gesticulate, like gesticulating wildly. Yeah, yeah. And swishing his arms all over the place. I want to see that footage. So the, the movie that I thought would be cool that for a second I was like on board with is... That you know, so he, he, all in the Grimhold, in the nesting doll, is all the bad wizards, and they they so like it was like if they just get released one by one, or they all get released, and then Cage just has to fight them all, kind of like Mandy style, like he has to just because they're the the only the only two that we end up seeing. The first one is Sunlock, this like uh, Chinese wizard, I guess, uh, in in Chinatown for this sequence that apparently took them five months to plan and uh, create like, and yet For it sucks. It's really it's bad. It's really bad. But, you know, you get like kind of an interesting, because then then it's exactly what you were saying. And then it's Street Fighter. And, and then it's kind of cool because at least we're getting kind of like a change up of like, okay, you have Chinese wizard and he creates, he turns a dragon parade float into a real dragon right. and he, he makes acupuncture needles fly at you and other, right. other Chinese like, oh, stuff. Oh shit. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and, right. Then, and then it was extremely one dimensional, but you know, but at it, least it's different than. Right. And it showed some kind of history and culture to the different kinds of wizards that exist. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It expands the, the world. And then later, um, later they bring to life, uh, Abigail Williams, who I guess is like, a uh, someone who was persecuted in the Salem witch trials, but they just squander it. Like she, they release yeah. her. She goes and kidnaps Jay Baruchel's kind of girlfriend right. and then Alfred Molina just <laughs> kills her. Just kills her. Like that's, he's like, all right. Sucks her power out of her with his wand and then she's. Super or, weird. And then I know. she's done. 
And I feel like there were maybe more scenes that they cut out featuring her that they were just like, maybe. this movie's already two hours long. Like we need to, we need to trim the fat. But she could have been cool. She looked like yeah. Wednesday Adams and yeah. kind of like had like some style. And it's just like, at least if it's going to be like empty spectacle, at least like, I guess. Pack it with characters. Characters or change yeah. it up in, in a way that they at least, yeah, make it feel like a, I'm watching someone play a video game. Right. Because otherwise they're just explaining the history of sorcerers yeah. to you without you actually seeing any of the players in action. Or yeah. Or I'm expected to care about the emotional stakes. Like it right. seems like they kept trying to make the emotional stakes land when they were so undercooked. Like there's a whole they they finally tease out that okay uh what's Horvath and Balthazar were both in love with Veronica and they were friends and there was some sort of love triangle thing but but it's just like it's it's tossed off and unexplained it's just like again it, they, like they had too many ideas and they didn't yeah. know where what they didn't know what worked or what was important and they kind of just like threw everything together until they were like, okay, this is a story from start to finish. Like we can get from this point to this point. We have the history of the wizards. We have the apprentice and we have an ending. Right. And, but right. It, that's not a good story. It's just a story. And, and especially com when you take something like the original Fantasia Sorcerer's Apprentice, which is extremely simple in concept and yet has like a cogent message and kind of, and well, point. Well, it's crazy because- And it's done so gracefully. Right, and the original cartoon is all execution because the concept yes. is one idea. Yes. And they execute it perfectly. perfectly. And this movie is all like window dressing <laughs> and the kitchen sink, and yeah. ex but the execution is non-existent. Yeah, but nothing actually happens. Yeah, exactly. And they, I mean, it, that becomes extremely apparent when they do, they literally do the Sorcerer's Apprentice scene, like where Jay Baruchel tries to clean up his, what, his lair? <laughs> this fucking... His, his like bat cave? Like he, what? Because <laughs> he's an NYU, what, like teacher's assistant or something? Yeah, he I don't get, know. He gets some enormous cavern underneath like the subway just to build a Tesla coil. Like anyway, he tries to clean it up with magic mops and uh, things go predictably awry, but it's drained of any sort of magic or, uh, or you know, yeah. any point. It's just, it's, it, it's so, it the difference couldn't be more apparent when you're watching it and like the, the, mop handles are like poking Jay Baruchel in the butt while he's trying to talk to <laughs> his girlfriend. And it's just like, and like joyless. Whole, yeah. The whole thing with this movie, Jay, Jay Baruchel's whole, uh. like Woody Allen situation is, I guess that's not a politically correct reference anymore, but you know, it, where it's just like, he's just the nebbishy, obnoxious, you know, yeah. neurotic. He's terrible. Like terrible. He, he makes, Oh, there's a really good super cut that I found online <laughs> of all of his honks and like guttural noises just put like edited together. It's really funny That's to watch. Um, but yeah, it's just he's he's using I don't know, man. His and I've seen him in stuff where I don't dislike him. I mean, I'm on I, I like I'm not a fan, but like every once in a while he'll pop up in something and I'll be like, okay, he, you know. He was in undeclared 
Uh, oh, that's right. That show was really good. It was great. Yeah. It was the co- oh, I totally forgot he was even geeks. in that one. He, right, he was like right. the main guy and right. he was perfect. Um, he's now making boatloads of money doing voice acting and the right. How to Train Your Dragon series. Which, which again, I think fun. he's good. He's in. good at that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't have any like ill will towards him. He's seen that with the uh, um, Man Seeking Woman. Have you seen uh, that show? No. I think there's like two or three seasons of that he's got under his belt and he's he's a, a likable protagonist in that show. Yeah, he, uh, he can be cast well and but um he I I I don't even know. I can't even pinpoint something that he was doing. He, he was just miscast, honestly. He could not anchor this he, even though he's like uh you, you know Cage actually said that uh Jay Baruchel is uh, another like jazz musician type actor because he he embraces improvisation and it like plays around and does d- delivers lines his own way and and yet still gives the director the effect that they want and it's like I can see that but I hate the performance that he's well, doing. Yeah, like, here's I mean it's not a good performance, but here's where I think maybe that worked in not in his favor for this movie. I get the feeling that it was one of those films where because there were so many weird buttons and punchlines on mm-hmm. things that they would do a scene a couple times and maybe just have Jay put his own button on yeah, the end. Just, and just, maybe and maybe some of them were funnier than others and they mm-hmm. just chose the wrong ones to put into the movie. I, I think there's like a heavy reliance on it too. It because he he is the only character who is has any true like comedic beats like Alfred Molina gets some kind of like wry like bad guy stuff but he's the the Chris Angel mind freak dude oh, gets him some, too, get, him too, get yeah. some good um like quips in yeah yeah and um but yeah but he his charm basically has to carry the movie and he's just not equipped for it like what or or they're just not let giving him uh, the right both. I think. Yeah, I think it's both, and it's just it. It is. It's. I. I it's too bad, and I could. I. In a way, I feel. I don't know. Bad shitting on him, but what the experience of watching his performance like made me so frustrated. I hated his character. I. Well, this is the other thing. Like. Because at the heart of the- I feel like we could do this all night. We'll talk about one thing that didn't work and then be like, okay, but here's the other thing that didn't work. I know. I was afraid I wouldn't have anything to say, but apparently I do. This movie, and this is not a unique thing at all. It's just a blatant like male power fantasy. Yes. Yes. uh, And I'm not even coming at this from a point of saying all movies that act as male power fantasies are bad because I would say that there are some really fun ones. I don't know, Indiana Jones or whatever, whatever you want to say falls under that category. But this is so, it's, it's so blatantly that and, and with just no other shades, like, I mean, in a, in a sense, it's two male power fantasies because you, of Nick Cage's character as well. um, And they both, they both get, have these women who have just no interior life at all, who should not, at least in the, as far as like Jay Baruchel's, I don't even know her name, her character or actress's name. I don't know. But the the hot blonde yeah, the hot that blonde. he likes. That's that's her fucking character right I mean, there. it's it's just, it's so just poorly done. Like he, so he, he knows her as a kid in like one scene 
and wants her to be his girlfriend. And then he runs into some wizards and pees his pants. And apparently his whole life is ruined. Uh, that's how the movie gets set up, by the way. Uh, he he runs into Nick Cage as a 10-year-old and gets so, sc- so scared by him and Alfred Molina fighting that he pees his pants in front of his... Um, school his fourth grade class on a field trip and then apparently his life was extremely hard for the next 10 years but he runs into this girl again and is just immediately like oh you're the i've never thought of another girl before uh except for you this is it i i just ran into you and now i'm in love with you forever and we're gonna be together and then they are i mean she she has no like she has She's not a character. She's just a, a motivator for both for him to like to have something besides just the the wizarding stuff to drive him, which I would argue that character didn't need. It just stuff overstuffs yeah, it. It definitely didn't and, need it. And then also like immediately after they go on one successful date, then Alfred Molina's character and stuff is like, oh, we just need to capture his girl. You know, suddenly she's just like a woman in peril to give him another reason. It's just like, and it's so it, 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 it's just been done to death and it's been done so much better before. And it's so fucking boring at this point that like, I, I don't know, like their relationship was empty and obnoxious. And, uh, I, I mean, it. every single relationship in every this relationship movie was, was empty, empty and obnoxious. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Including, uh, his relationship with Nicolas Cage's character with Balthazar. And like, I know we talk a lot about Cage not having chemistry with his female co-stars, which in this case with, uh, more Monica Bellucci. Yeah. Yeah. With Monica Bellucci still, he has no chemistry with, but he also has no chemistry with Jay Bruchel in no. this movie, which for both of them being like, you know, weird, uh, <laughs> like quirky guys, you'd think that they would find some kind of common ground and vibe on that level, but it's just, they're both just vamping. So, and, but like not with each other, they're no, vamping exactly. like out into the ether and is not getting picked up by the other one. Yeah. I see them both trying. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's rough. Uh, Dave, I do, I do want to ask you what I think is a really important question about okay. this movie that I still don't know the answer to. Is this steampunk? <laughs> you, oh, you. There's definitely some steampunk style. I mean, Nick Cage rocks a fedora in a and like a leather duster. Yes. It's like it's so crazy. Fingerless gloves. What an insane outfit he has in this movie. <laughs> um, I thought his weave was good in this one. Dude, good hair. I, I would say hair. I would say for as much as this movie gets a one, I think it gets like a four or four point five in hair. Yeah. This yeah. is good hair. Great hair. Um I don't know if it's is steampunk. I have some other questions. Remember that part when Alfred Molina goes to a burger joint and um, makes yes. make some uh, like magic sigils appear in the burgers that this guy is cooking, and then the guy like turns around. He's like, "Oh, like hi, we've met before. Like we have some relationship that's unexplained." Um, if you're trying to get a magic sorcerer armory, oh, go go recruit this Chris Angel mind freak guy. Okay, see you later. What the fuck? Chris Angel mind freak guy. Right, go, no, yeah. Who was that guy? I don't know. He was <laughs> like, supposedly there's an underground. I think it's like a Harry Potter kind of situation, which this is not the first or last time this movie will be unfairly compared <laughs> to Harry Potter. But like there's the idea that there are just regular people that live in the world that have no idea. And then there's this 
underground group of people that have Wizards. like the traditions have been orally passed down through generations about knowledge of like this whole sorcerer wizarding world that happens. Right. So what you're and saying. So, so this guy somehow the burger dude is involved in this secret society that knows about sorcerers and he's been and so he's been like waiting for this moment to be contacted but but what you're saying is there's another just needlessly complex like piece of world building that is somehow given extreme short shrift and we're just supposed to assume yeah. you know so much about it i it's think this like, movie, what are you doing well and the problem is this movie does that a lot where, so much. where it, it'll leave threads unexplained that clearly there's way more going on right. that you need to know but then it will over explain things like specific relationships between old sorcerers mm -hmm. that you that you don't actually need to know to watch the rest of the movie yeah that all adds to what you were saying about it feeling like a movie like created by committee yeah Even though definitely. now that we know that it was like the brainchild of uh cage like the in in fleshing it out it it's just a fucking mess um okay well what about <laughs> what about how um the thing that jay baruchel likes about his hot blonde girlfriend is that uh she made him appreciate music for the first time in yeah, his dude, life i love it and and the way that he uh, integrates that is he turns his Tesla, his giant Tesla coil into like a giant EDM light show. <laughs> and she has a radio station where she seemingly only plays Coldplay knockoffs. Yeah, yeah. She just plays like the most like milk toast, uh, just bland uh, white person music of the mid 2000s. I also, I like that uh, when we got to modern day too, it kicked into that Jimmy Eat World song too. Oh dude, yeah, I forgot fun. about that. Oh man. After like, after being like, wizard, the sorcerers for many years have done it and now the dead will rise. It just takes some time. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. Again, cool. by committee. We're on board. Let's see. Um Oh, some things about what was whatever the Chris Angel Mind Freaks character's name was. Yeah, uh, Drake Stone. Yeah, Drake Stone. Thank you. Uh, they could have found a way better actor to do yeah, him, yeah. first of all. But uh, some of the things that uh, I noticed in his uh, weird penthouse, did you see the Magic the yes! Gathering standee of himself that he had? It seems like the set dressers took a poster of Magic the Gathering and literally just photoshopped that guy on top of it because yeah, it think says so. Magic the Gathering. I think so. Like, the, like they don't know that that's like actually like a, a very well-known property that <laughs> is not in this universe in that way. Like, or did, yeah, it's just... No, or I, I think what it was... Well, they obviously don't know about it, but I think what it was is they assume because they don't know anything about Magic the Gathering that it is a card game about wizards or sorcery. And so uh, therefore that's how it. they could tie him into it. <laughs> that you can play a Drake Stone card. Yeah. Shit. Dispel. Um, <laughs> I, yes, I, I noticed that. I, um, I enjoyed that. What did you think about the car chase? Let, well, let's talk about the, the, the different like sort of like uh, special effects scenes because there's a okay. bunch of special effects scenarios and I, I'd like to get your take on what worked. Like, sure. The, I thought the car chase was maybe the best. Yeah, that was 100% the best. The car chase followed by the dragon in Chinatown. The the coolest the coolest part of the car chase being that the uh, Alfred Molina sends 
their car into the mirror world. They There's that trope, um, amazing that they use this like cartoon trope of workmen carrying a giant mirror across a busy highway and their car just goes into it. And then they're in the mirror world of uh, Times Square, which allows for this bizarre sequence of so much like ad integration, but it's all backwards. <laughs> <laughs> like McDonald's, Yahoo, Yahoo, Mentos. Yeah. Yeah. Just like flashing huge on the screen, but it's all backwards. And then to get back, they have to like drive into another mirror. Do you think that they, that the licensing is less if you use the reverse? So that's why they did it <laughs> that way. Uh, I, I, I think, I don't know. I think they just approached all of, they approached every single brand that they could to get later. Like we will give you prominent placement. And then they just set the, it in Times Square so they could just like. And get the, as many as they yeah, could Yeah, and they once. needed as many like establishing, you know, shots of like just a business of signs going by backwards. So it's just like boom, 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 boom. Boom. Boom, 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 boom. I thought that scene worked the best. Uh, you think the dragon in Chinatown was the uh, second best. Yeah. I thought that was a good idea, but I, I didn't like the execution. Um, him getting chased by wolves in so dumb. Was that was like the worst. Really, really cut rate. Apparently cage just turns them into puppies. Yeah. And then as, as the train is coming to, uh, he turns the puppies into uh, calendar pages. Oh, right. <laughs> um, magic. Uh, <laughs> Magic. <laughs> apparently the trained wolves that they used were so friendly and like so visibly friendly that they had to like uh, put like little like motion capture like dots on their faces uh, so that the special effects people could make them like look mean <laughs> in post. They had to manipulate the facial expressions of, of the, the wolves. wolves. That's of the crazy. real wolves that Yo, they that used. Is such, that is such a fucking waste of CGI and budget. It's like, like you can't find wolves that will be mean. That's like that, the, the unhappiest medium. Too yeah. Oh, like absolutely. Between CGI and practical effects. It's just like, cause yeah. the wolves don't look mean. But they also don't, you know, it's just they don't look real enough to in any sense. He had a um, when Jay Bruchel first wakes up, he has a Mekons poster behind his bed. Did you pick up on that? <laughs> no, I missed that. Some some cool, some like weird set dressing going on. <laughs> uh, there was also <laughs> uh, I like how they called NYPD dumb and racist. Yes, yeah. I liked that, too. Yeah, just like straight up. He came. Yeah, like Cage like confuses Japanese with Chinese while they're dressed up like NYPD. He makes a, a yeah. sake joke. Right, he makes a sake joke. And then Jay Bruchel's like, well, don't you know that's Japanese? And Cage just goes, I was in character. Yeah, boom. <laughs> Got him. I guess the other big uh, special effects things I'm thinking of are the uh, Chrysler building eagle. That uh, Okay, that was cool. The steel eagle. Th that was cool. I yeah. like that. I feel like they should have done more with it. They should have given it like its own battle sequence yeah, maybe. I think so. Rather than just kind of be being used as like transportation and flying around right. the city. At the end, Jay and his girlfriend fly on it to uh, Paris, France to eat breakfast. Super cute. Um, I Honestly, I, she is way more on board with him being a sorcerer than like I think most people would be. She's way more she, on board with like all of his weird. She should not like him. She's not a real person. 
Um, I also, they, you can't just like hop on a giant bird and fly across the Atlantic ocean. They're going to freeze to death and I hope they do. Also, how long does the magic last? Like what if it just know. gives out halfway across the ocean? I don't know. And they're going to land the where, bird. Where, where are you going to land that thing? On like where- Big Ben. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, yeah. also the, uh, wall street bull comes alive. Yeah. That was all right. That, that like, that was again, a, good idea. I didn't yeah, like good idea. I, I do appreciate like, uh, seeing things like that, like a landmark either get destroyed or come to life, uh, magically did not they should have had a look cool. No, it didn't look cool. They should have had a statue of Liberty fight too. Oh a statue God. of Liberty comes alive. Yeah. The statue of Liberty should have just like fought with like a sentient empire state building or something. And yeah. Like, yeah. Just crank it up to 10. Those are the ones that I can think of. The, the, what did you think about the 1935 Rolls Royce? That was cool. That actually belongs yeah, to yeah. Cage. That like his real car. That's that's his car. That's part of his. Oh, uh, nice. His uh, I think characterization. Wait, I I have another uh, okay. quote from him. He said, "We came up with the idea that Balthazar should have that particular Rolls Royce because the Rolls Royce. <laughs> this is we're this is this is a real window into Cage's mind here. He says the Rolls Royce factory developed the Merlin engine that was also in the Spitfire airplanes that defeated the Nazis in World War II. Many cars have won the Grand Prix, but only one has ever stopped a war." So for me, it was a perfect addition to the movie because it showed the concept of the Merlinians at work behind the scenes protecting mankind and how they are present even though we are not aware of it. But see, that is a way cooler idea that was never integrated into the movie. Could have made a better movie. Like, could it have? Maybe. But also I think that it just shows some kind of care and thought that goes into things that is not apparent on screen with, with, you know... I I also, I get the sense in reading these interviews that Cage believes that Merlinians are real. I I would 100% buy that. He's asked like if he believes magic is real and he's straight up, yes. I mean, he gives kind of an answer that's like, we as artists are incorporating magic and, you know, this is, is magic. But the way that he gives it makes me think that he thinks just magic is a real straight thing. up, yeah. straight up real. And that, um, he, he might actually believe that he is a Merlinian. Wow. What if he is? And we just don't know. Like I said, he does seem very at home in this yeah. role. Yeah. That's his dragon ring too. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> totally. Uh, I I like the this little touch um, that seemed that the first time Jay Baruchel uses his powers to fight the that guy that uh, mugs his girlfriend, uh-huh. he sucks at using the powers. Yeah, like he still defeats the guy because it's a dude with a knife versus a, a guy with powers. Yeah, but he makes like a flaming garbage can like yeah, fly around. Yeah, but he but the he, guy's just like this is weird. I'm going. Yeah, but he's doing he's doing it poorly. Um, and I think that was nice because a lot of movies, you are the chosen one. And then all of a sudden you can just use your powers to blow everything up really well. Yeah. And this showed a, you know, him still kind of being young and figuring it out. Um, that is totally gone by the time he fights in the final yeah, battle they, where they, he they start at just like, destroys her with like one shot. So that's whatever. the thing. Like they, they do give him some, a lot of like training and stuff, but you still don't, it's really unclear how much time passes like over the course of the film. I think they say somewhere like toward the end of the movie that it's been months, huh. which seems crazy to me. Yeah. Uh, 
that it would be that long. Like, what has Alfred Molina been doing? He's that just like time? he's just, just enjoying being in the 21st century. Finally, yeah, I, guess so. I think you know. A couple other details at the end when uh, it looks like Nick Cage is dead. I liked how Jay Baruchel does like magic CPR on him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> He's, like pounding on his chest and big fire rings are coming out. Stupid. I also like that. Uh, th- what actually kills Morgana is uh, one of the sentient mops makes yeah, makes uh-huh. an appearance uh-huh. at the end out of nowhere, apparently followed them to the big fight scene and uh, flips a switch on like a Tesla coil and uh, electrocutes her. If only when the Tesla coils had fired up at the end, it had also played that shitty song. Yeah, that would have been great. That would have been a nice full circle. Turn into a a dance party credit sequence like G-Force. I think that's what every Cage movie from now on is missing is just (laughs) a giant credits dance sequence. (laughs) At the end, now I'm looking at the end of my notes here and and this is where i was just despairing and realizing that the where where it all truly falls apart is when you realize that like not only you know i was like well okay so none of the characters make sense uh their relationships don't make sense with each other and their motivations don't make sense i was like why is anybody in this movie doing what they're doing. Like if you take anything, okay, so Morgana wants to raise the dead. Why? Cause that's what evil sorcerers exactly, do. Exactly. Exactly. That's all it gives you. Like why, why does she want it? What does she gain? What, is, what happens? We don't know. Why does Balthazar want to stop them? Cause he's good. Why does Jay Baruchel want to, what, what's attractive about this girl, this one special girl there nothing. I mean, this is why it plays out kind of like a toxic male fantasy is because it's just it's all about him and just sort of projecting onto her. But what's really well, yeah, what's like, really the, happening is just that it's shitty screenwriting and there's no like motivator. Well, and it's the other really dangerous side of this like toxic male fantasy plot kind of situation that you see a lot is nerdy guy like no yeah. no one cares like girls won't pay attention to nerdy guy he's an incel nerdy guy yeah like literally literally literally, literally this character is an incel <laughs> yeah. you're right oh my god and so he's like suddenly for reasons beyond his control he's proven uh to be an important person extremely, extremely special extremely more special, special than anyone than anyone and then she lo- and then she falls in love with him because women just want to be with a special guy and that will take care him. of them and her, supports him. Her whole personality right. at that point, like there's nothing. She just she works at a radio station, and that the only reason that's important is because it makes him. It again goes back to him. It makes him appreciate music. Which what you sociopath? You've never listened to music before. What and like yeah. and and then but then all that she's just like. Oh, I know that you're acting extremely weird, but I really care about you and I want to go on dates with you for no reason. Even though you're also like and then stalking she, her. He's stalking, he's her, stalking and, her and then she's also put in the position she gets kidnapped yeah. and almost killed. And then at the end she's like, ha ha. I love you. Yep. And it's like, you went on a couple dates with this weird stalker because no. you felt bad for him and you thought he could help you on your fucking science midterm. No. And then, and yeah. then you know what I mean? And yes. then all of a sudden you're just going to forgive him and like gonna really- Ride away to ride Paris away. on a giant eagle? I mean, maybe for the story, but watch, she, she's going to like write about it on like bitch media yeah, or something. Right. And like, here, like my, my relationship with like a gaslighting abuser, yeah. and it was, he claimed he was a sorcerer and he used his magic to ensnare me. 
Yeah, and, and also kind of piggybacking on this, this is something that I thought about in reference to Kick-Ass yeah. and how this movie and Kick-Ass are basically like they have opposite viewpoints as to regular Joes making a kind of difference. Okay, yeah. So the idea in this one is you are spiritually chosen yeah. to be the one. Yes. And you just have to come into your own and realize that. And the sooner you do the sooner the world can be saved. Right. But in Kick-Ass, the whole idea is, which I don't think is any less toxic, but it's just a different approach to it, is, you know, uh, the world is a cesspool and and we all have to make our own individual choice mm -hmm. to rise above and beyond to save it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. That, no, that's really interesting. I, mean, I don't. Yeah, I, I I don't know what that says about either movie, but that's just something that I thought I, of while to, watching this. To me, I mean... Kickass had uh, was I think while as like I mean, flawed as it was like was right. ten times the movie that oh this so was. yeah absolutely um, just in in every aspect. Here's uh, what I want. God forbid this movie actually kicked off the franchise that it claimed it would, and we have more Sorcerer's Apprentice movies. I kind of want to see a prequel of Balthazar traveling the world yeah, to find yeah, the chosen. One. That was the most interesting part. Him like yeah, like dressed like a colonialist, like going going to different like b parts of uh, Asia and Africa and and well, India and wherever, just like meeting uh, magic children and <laughs> putting rings on their fingers and seeing if it came alive. Yeah, yeah. You know what I want is other live action expansions of the other parts of Fantasia. I want like the. Uh, the what is it the night on bald mountain oh yeah right? like let's just see a movie about devils ripping shit up sure, sure. Uh, let's or see the like one the the ballet dancing hippos <laughs> let's see that yeah what's their story who are they <laughs> who, who 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 do we cast like uh seth rogan is one of them <laughs> and uh oh um, uh, uh what's her name from pitch perfect yeah yes yeah yes rebel rebel, rebel wilson? wilson yeah uh -huh. perfect yes um, I, I, I want the, like the, w the one with all the naked nymphs and their yeah, little, uh, sure. satyrs would be great. Um, yeah, don't just because this one didn't work, like just, you know, those will probably work better because they're even more open and you can really go nuts with the story. You don't have to include like a scene of like mops trying to uh, fuck Jay Baruchel <laughs> in, in through his pants while he's talking to his girlfriend. There, yeah, I feel like <laughs> not this, chill. I don't know, man. Disney tried to do this weird <laughs> thing in like the in the two thousands, like like mid two thousands to early twenty tens, where they did this weird. They tried to make franchises based on like retro nostalgic Disney ideas. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like once Pirates picked up as mm. a franchise and took off. Remember they tried to make the Haunted Mansion that Eddie Murphy yeah, one, ooh, right? Shit. And they also tried to um, do. Uh, what was the weird, the Tomorrowland? Do you remember oh, that? Oh, yeah. Where they, yeah. They, wow, yeah, and, all the rides. And this one. And now this. And, and then the Sorcerer's Apprentice as well. And they all just misfired. Yeah, like, so very, now, they're, yeah. now they're remaking all So now they're the just classic, remaking the classics uh, that they know will yeah. sell. Yeah, I will say that this kind of misfire is more interesting to me than that. But this is but this is what I was saying at the top of the episode about why I'm consistently disappointed by these kind of movies. Okay. Also saw Tomorrowland, and it was mm. a crock of shit but i was going into it being like okay this is this might be this might be interesting let's Brad see what Bird, they do with right? it uh, yeah i yeah. think so yeah. george clooney 
Uh, okay. I, do we have anything else to say about this movie? Uh, it stinks. It, yeah, don't see it. <laughs> um, you the, should you should watch the original Fantasia uh, excerpt, f- however many times it takes you to <laughs> fill up the runtime of this movie, rather than watching this movie. Yeah, so that's what that that's something. And also, like, yo, Disney, if you're listening, Bruckheimer, Seth Rogen, if you're listening, yes, Rebel I think Wilson. I honestly think that's that, a great. I I think that that will sell. And at this point, Disney has nothing to lose with dropping a couple million dollars on something that they'll at least make their money back on. I'm picturing that the those hippos, but it gets into kind of like a, a uh, who's afraid of Virginia Wolf? Like they're so they're like good. home life. So good, they and go home like- and they're just like <laughs> ripping each other apart, and they're just so unsatisfied with their life. Uh, you know, let's dig in. Let's see who are these hippos. Yeah, who are these? Why hippos, do, Why man? do they dance? What do they f- dance to forget? That's what I want to know. This is also I. Uh, the, this is the seventh Cage Bruckheimer collaboration. Are there more coming up? I wonder. Um, this might have poisoned the well, but. Um, next up, we have uh, season of the witch. I, I'm excited for this one again. I'm yeah for the I, same reasons that I was excited about Sorcerer's Apprentice. Well, excited is a strong word, but yeah, for the same I, reasons I, that you know I was. I'm cautiously right. interested, and I'm gonna in get this. disappointed again. Yeah. But until then, I'm gonna imagine that this movie could be okay. It looks like really like like literally dark and yes. like gray and muddy and and uh but like it's more of cage with long hair uh being very serious and uh i i could use some like over serious cage now that um just to wash the taste of like jay baruchel's like mugging out of my metaphorical mouth <laughs> my mind's mouth here yeah i don't know where my phone went can you cue it up <laughs> cue up something put your Old man shoes back on. We have some work to do. <laughs> oh, oh god. god damn, I oh. forgot about that. <laughs> I'll get the roar too. Just so you have both. <laughs> 